Welcome to the Blue Collar Barbarians podcast, brought to you by the Blue Collar Barbarians Network, your source for all things savagery. Today, I got my special friend, Jason Severia, with Holster Gator, who I'm very excited to talk to today because this is one of our show sponsors. Um, and Jason, thank you for that, by the way. And thank you for taking the time Absolutely. to join us. Um, obviously, with Holster Gator being today's guest, Mr. Holster Gator himself, this show is brought to you today in part by Holster Gator. And I'm going to go ahead and just throw it on the front. We're going to go ahead and give away a ridge belt and a Holster Gator with the Blue Collar Barbarians logo Ooh. on it. At the end of the episode today, you will hear how or look for the post. One or the other, watch for that. So you'll get a chance to win one of these beautiful, beautiful clips and a belt to go with it. Well, it doesn't really need that, but you'll get a belt too because tactical. <laughs> Why not? Thank you, Ridge Belts, for that. And thank you, Holster Gator, for sponsoring today's show. Jason, my man, Absolutely. thank you so much for taking the time to be here today. Really, Thanks for really inviting me, Jonathan. You. Of course, dude. Um, you were actually one of our grassroots sponsors, man. And, I'm, and I've been really excited to talk to you and to get to know you because anybody that takes the time to invest in, take a risk even on somebody new, uh, and invest in somebody that's chasing their passion and just trying to deliver uh, value to our community, I, I have an automatic level of respect for. So I just, again, I want to thank you. Like, thank you, thank you, thank you for being a part of this. It's been awesome. This has been fun. And it really wouldn't be possible without people like you. So oh, you're welcome, Jonathan. What you do is a good thing yeah. um, from the from the beginning. You know, I, I said, you know, we got to we got to support these guys. So, yeah, well, trust welcome. me when I say it's appreciated from all the way around. But getting into today's show, today's show, it's I'm really, really excited because you, my friend, as we were just talking a little bit pre-show, have a, probably one of the cooler stories of how you got to go work through the ranks of blue collar to now where you're doing your own thing and you've turned your interests and your passions and your hobbies into a way to provide for your family and build a legacy, which is uh, something I'm personally learning as I do this podcast and as I uh, venture into other things with my photography and other aspirations that I'm involved in. But um, man, I just really can't wait. I, I want to dive in right in here because I want to know, tell me about like how you got in, tell our audience how you got into the blue car world. <clears throat> so I, I guess it started like right off the rip. Um, I worked at Burger King, uh, dealing face to face with the public. I was 16 years old and, you know, my dad was a blue collar worker and, you know, he instilled in us, you know, get out there and go to work. So right out the gate at 16, started working at Burger King, worked there for a couple of years, worked my way up to shift supervisor. You know, it wasn't feeling it, you know, it wasn't the, the cool job back then. So. I uh, jumped into cutting grass <laughs> okay. for uh, a company, for a company that was quite a distance away. I cut grass for them for a couple years and got worked my way onto a landscaping team. So, you know, they noticed that I was busting my butt. And so I moved on to a landscaping team, really busted my butt there. You know, we were doing, you know, full scale full-scale landscape jobs, uh, stonework, you name it, we did it. 
and learned to run all the heavy equipment, you know, skid steers, excavators, tractors, um, anything, your, all the machines. That, my favorite was definitely the skid steer. Really? It was like, I can't dance worth a worth a crap and in the skid steer you know you're you're moving them handles around you can, you can dance with the machine you know <laughs> so i love doing that and you know you become passionate about even even something so simple as running a, a skid steer and, and running a skid steer is not simple it's an art and uh yeah, yeah. you can do beautiful things with those machines yeah, I was just curious. So, I, was, I was in a skid steer today myself, uh, but an excavator ever since I was like this big, just a wee little guy. I, dude, fucking excavator makes you feel like Superman, especially you get like oh yeah, a 245 or something. It's got a claw. You're picking up trees and chucking them. I just yeah. ever since I was a kid, man. But uh, sorry to interrupt you there. I just was, I had to know what was your Oh, that's favorite? okay. Yeah. Um, so I did that. And I stayed on the landscape team for a while, became the foreman of the landscape team. And, you know, I did that for, oh, say, probably seven or eight years. And that's when the gas prices started to go up. And, you know, I was spending about 120 bucks a week just, just to get back and forth to work. And it just it wasn't feasible anymore. So I took a job making wire rope and chain slings for uh Haynes supply local company here and we would make rigging equipment for crane operators and uh other heavy lifting like loggers and stuff like that and that was that was really ball busting work man i had forearms like popeye you know because you're, you're, twi <laughs> you're twisting like one inch wire rope into flemish loops and yeah, man, that was tough. I'd go home every day just completely drenched. You know, you'd wear a a, a white T-shirt, and it would look like you come out of a wet T-shirt contest. So, and that that wasn't even really that good a pay. It was just uh, it made you feel like a man. You know, you're, there you're is something taking this wire rope, and you're oh yeah, when you're manipulating things that lift up, uh, you know, ninety tons. There's something satisfying about that. You know, you're making that stuff. And so that's like you're making that. it with your bare hands. So that's like that. This is what I call that. Uh, I, I almost don't even want to say this because some people are like roll their eyes at this. But like to live, you got to suffer. Right. Like there's an appreciation oh, yeah. from it. So like as a crane operator myself, when I do this, like there's something about like walking into a job site and it's a crisp cold morning. And you look up, you see the iron workers walking across the iron, being all caddy-like, you know, with their balance, like going across the beams and <laughs> the silhouettes of people and the sound of chains dragging. It's, it's like that grit, that fortitude of like, you've earned it. Like when you get your check at the end of the week or whatnot, because in the construction world, you know, turnover is so high, they have to pay you every week because you're like, you know, Monday, you might not show up. <laughs> but like when yeah. you get that check, like, dude, there's a it's like a earned, like, this is my money. I went and got this money, yeah. you know? And then the yeah. physical. And you can. Oh, go ahead. I'm yeah. sorry. No, no, no. I think, we were going, I think we were going to the same spot. You know, you look at your hands and you see, you know, five calluses the size of, the size of walnuts. And, 
you know, that that's your paycheck right there in your hands. So. Yeah, it's like that cubicle was cool and all, dude, but uh, you got these, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Right. Very primal, I guess, is what we're trying to say. It's a very fulfilling, primal feeling, right? So, so yeah, you did good, that. For, that's a good word for it. Yeah, it, it is. That's just at the root of it to me, right? Like, I just, I say this, you've heard me say this in some of the previous episodes, but knuckle draggers. I mean, because that's, that's what we are. Like, as blue-collar people, especially the barbarians. And when I say the barbarians, like, I'm not talking about your guy that just shows up and does. Talk about the guy that shows up and takes pride in his work. But the guy that looks to right. do more, like this plus one, right? Like the guy that wants yep. to just crush every day. I mean, we all are excited to get out of there when the dinner bell rings, right? Like we're all excited to go home. Don't get me wrong. But the knuckle dragging to me, there there will never be anything like it. There will never be anything like what, even from the crane, man, I get to watch some of these guys and it's just like, there's mopey and dopey. And then- there's the kid that's going to be running. <laughs> there's the kid that's going to be running work two years from now. I mean, you could just yeah. boop, it, it sees it, and I don't know. I just I got a deep respect for that. And you know, as a crane guy, it's kind of cool to hear that you made that shit. Because dude, I don't even like changing the mouses and the hooks, to be honest with you. So I can't <laughs> imagine. I yeah. can't imagine wait, weaving yeah. the braid, like braided wire. Oh and, man. Oh, that's terrible. So how yeah, long did you do that? I used. I did that for, I don't know, maybe two or three years. Holy cow. And, yeah, that was, I, I equate making the, the Flemish loops for the wire rope slings as what I would think of like wrestling an alligator. You know, sometimes we would we would twist up inch and a half rope, and it would take two of us, you know, two full-grown men, and we'd just be, you know, wrenching on it just to get get the uh, the strands inside of the uh, the sleeve. So that was ball busting work, man. Yeah, well, it sounds like it. See, you earned that little bit of that that blue collar heritage. And then where'd you go from there? So when I was there, a buddy of mine said, hey, you know, General Electric is hiring. And, you know, back then GE was like, that that was the gig you wanted. So I said, you know, let's let's drive out and take their test because they, they put on a uh, like a mass testing thing where you have to look at dials going and you have to keep track of them. So we went up, took the test. I got the call a couple months after the test and, you know, they asked me to come in for an interview and I made my bosses aware of it. You know, I said, Hey, look, you know, I just want to better myself. And they totally understood. And they said, you know, more power to you. You know, it'd be sad to see you go, but it'd be, you know, it'd make us happy to see you to succeed. So went through the interview process and got hired on by GE. I was a crane operator for uh, GE. Go. I was the move guy. So if something needed moving, whether it be crane or a, a tug car, then that, that was my gig. And uh, I did that for, I want to say a year or two. I was working overnight shifts, 11 o'clock at night, to 7 in the morning. And at that time, I was a single dad. And my son was, I don't know, four or five years old, maybe four. So it was, it was really tough, you know. And that's when I met my wife, thankfully. Uh, she's a <laughs> blessing. 
And, uh, you know, I was doing that for a while, and then uh, they opened up what they called the machinist program there. And I knew what a machinist was. Um, my dad was a machinist. My grandpa was a machinist. My great-grandfather was a machinist. So I was familiar with the term, not familiar with what it actually entailed. Right. So I was like, hey, what the hell, you know? Uh, I'll, I'll take that test. I took the test, was accepted into the program, signed the contract, and GE um, pledged to put me through two years of trade school. And, you know, I, I kicked ass in, in, in college at that. It was Advanced Manufacturing Technologies. And uh, let me tell you, when I first, I went to the machining side as building 273 over at GE and Schenectady where they do all the machining. When they put me on the first machine and I was shadowing one of the machinists there, as soon as I seen that first chip get cut right off of the uh, the field, the, the inner part of the generator, I saw that piece of metal get just peeled off like it was butter. Man, it's, it's something lit up inside of me. And it was like I had this little tiny birthday candle flame that turned into this roaring bonfire inside of me. And I was like, this is what I am going to fucking do for the rest of my life. And I'm going to love it. And from that point on, man, I was just straight passion. Really? That, yeah. That's cool. Cause so like, I, I definitely would consider a machinist blue collar. I mean, there's, you don't get much oh, more yeah, blue collar than that. <laughs> but like, like I just think about your journey, right? So like you, you come up from Burger King of all things to like, oh, I'll try <laughs> something different, make a little bit more money landscaping, change of pace, to run in that crew to assume, because um, you seem like the type of dude that probably got bored with that, was ready for more, to they gave you the foreman position and then, yeah, like this is cool, but it's not really paying and I can work closer to home and make the same or close money and at some point you you had a kid in there and then yep. being a dad and you got the you got the opportunity to go to like you know we don't have G&E out here right we got it's PGE out on the where I'm at uh, Port, Port yeah. General Electric would yep. but um which is probably GE but with Portland added or something but um out I I think like that is kind of the pinnacle of I won't say it's like the pinnacle, but in the blue collar trades, if you were to become like a consultant or uh, upper echelon with like a power company, I mean, that's, you're making money, right? And yeah, you're, yeah, you, you work sure. out in the shit weather and all that shit, but if you can make it like you got, you're good. Life is good. The benefits are good. So I can only imagine what was going through your head when you found out like, oh shit, I, not only did I have did this opportunity come up, but like I did it and now I'm, you know, and then you, everything you've done to this point is take pride. Right. Which is, we'll talk about that. Oh yeah. For I feel sure. like that is missing from a lot of people's game right now. Right. Like you just took yep. pride what you did and then you did so well as a, a crane operator for GE uh, and a, a mover or whatever they call it uh, that they were like, Hey, would you be, if we're going to do this program and why wouldn't we send you to do it if you want to do it, right? Like another opportunity for advancement, essentially, correct? Yeah. Yeah. And then here you are again, yeah. here you are again, 
just even with a kid, even with as a single father and having a kid, just, you know, mad respect to you for this, but just paving the road, dude, just like obstacle overcome board time to grow time to climb the ladder. I'm to me, like I spent, so I got, when I got out of the Marine Corps, I struggled for a long time for like the first full transparency, the first like three or four years I got out, I got robbed of like, I couldn't hold interest. So I got out of the military. I went, I flew helicopters of all things for 10 months. That's what I was. I was a helicopter pilot. Like I just got out and I started, I went to school to fly helicopters because why not? Airplanes are for the birds, right? Like I'm going to go fly the thing that defies gravity. So that's <laughs> what I wanted to learn. So I jumped into learning that, but then like I woke up one day and it was boom. So for me, PTSD was never like a, Oh, I woke up with night sweats or I wanted to fight everybody I'm in the room with, or it was never that it was just like, it robbed me of my joy. It robbed me of like interests and stuff. So, uh, but I, what I'm getting at with this, just to save our audience from some boohoo long story, but what I'm getting at here is that like, for me, it, it took all my joy. And then finally I got to a point where I was sitting on a couch and I was like, man, I got to find something that I got to do something. I can't keep switching careers every two, three, four months, six months or whatnot. I can't, you know, at this point, I've done a lot of different shit up to this point, like a lot. And for me, like, even in this career I'm in now, like I'm 10 years in doing cranes. I've been doing this for 10, 11 years now. And there's no more ladder. Like, sure. You could like maybe get on a taller tower crane or I could go and try to get on a crew to run like a bigger, heavier crawler, but I'm there. Like, there's not like, Oh, from here I can move here. And like, that's where it's time to get out. Like I got to have more. I'll never be satisfied with this is good enough or this is good. Right. Like, and you seem like that. Kind of yeah. yeah. Like I, you, you remind me, yeah. like you just come across like that. And, and then like, in all the respectful ways, not in like a bad or inconsistent person like me, but like, right. like, just like, I'll never be satisfied with not knowing where my barrier is. Like, I'm never going to not be hungry for more. It doesn't mean that I'm not thankful. It sounds like you had a lot to be thankful of. You just opportunity, you climbed the ladders, you crushed it. But you, one thing I really respect about, like, and I like about this story already, you just kept going. Like if I could lateral, I lateral. If I moved over to here, I did this. Like, sure. There's setbacks to that. Right. I'm sure you had to, you had to go through adverse situations. I mean, am I wrong? Oh no, man. You get, you get dragged through the dirt through all that, you know. You get kicked right down. I mean, I was taking pay cuts the whole way, just trying, you know, trying to find what was next. I see a door, I'd kick it in. And like you just said, you know, you, you do it for a while. You, it'd get a little boring. You're like, oh, man, you get this thirst and this hunger inside. Like, I know. I know I'm better. I know I can do better. I just need to find it. And then you see another door and you, you kick that door in. And it's just this cascading effect until you find something that just, like I explained it earlier, man, it's like a, a birthday candle flame that turns into a raging bonfire. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, I was lucky enough to, to find that. I mean, it was, you know, in hindsight, it was always in me. You know, I'm a fourth generation machinist all the way back to my great grandfather. So 
it was there. It was just, just a little tiny flame. And thankfully, I'm very thankful for GE, you know, in that situation because they, they said, oh, look at that little flame, you know, let's dump 55 gallons of gasoline on that. And yeah. Just exploded. But yeah, there was a lot of hard times for sure. You know, I was the overnights working, working 11 o'clock at night till seven in the morning. I had, uh, you know, my son and my wife had, you know, came into the marriage with two daughters. So it was rough. You know, she, she carried me really, you know, through school. I was going to, I was working, going to school, working overnights. Well, no, I wasn't working overnights when I was in school, but, you know, I, I still had to go to work part-time and then to school. So it was, you know, outside of GE paying for every penny of my schooling, you know, the burden was definitely on me to, I, I can't, I can't let this fail. So here's the opportunity. Give me the effort, essentially. Right. right? Yep. Yeah. And you yep. did that. And so parlay that. Oh, yeah, me. I kicked ass. So parlay that for me. So you finished school. Now you're a fourth-generation machinist. You're training up on it. Yep. Um, you see that thing cut. You're like, oh, shit. This is it. I'm there. This is what I want to do. So what do you do with that? Yeah. So I, you know, right out of school, I graduate, and I move up to 25-rate machinist at GE, which is – it's good pay. You know, not – not in today's today's uh, economy, but back then it was really good money. But I was working 11 at night till 7 in the morning. So, you know, kids' soccer games, uh, you know, just family activities, seeing my wife, you know, spending the quality time with her because that was kind of early on in our relationship. So there was definitely some some outward pressure. and. I was, you know, to be very blunt with you, I was falling apart rapidly. Uh, I was getting three or four hours of sleep a night. But, you know, the money that I was making afforded us to buy our own home, um, get some get some vehicles that weren't, <laughs> you know, questionable. So, you know, but it, it was killing me. Um, I was irritable, all that fun stuff that comes along with lack of sleep, but I still, I had to push myself forward and I worked, I was a machinist at GE for, I think three years working that overnight shift, doing very well. You know, my ops leaders loved me. I was really kicking ass. The union kind of hated me, but you know, I was taking, <laughs> Oper machining operations that would take you know seven days to complete and I was I was really crunching them down to a couple days and that wasn't you know unions don't don't like that kind of stuff <laughs> so I love the I love unions I love what they represent um, but there was some pressure from there as well but it, it, it that still didn't stop me I still had you know I still had a family there. So come 2018, um, the world finds out that uh, GE was cooking their books the entire time. And we oh. saw it. We saw it out on the floor. 
you know, they were like, oh, record numbers, and we we're all over the news, and we we're like, wait a minute, you know, the, the floor is empty. There's really no parts are coming in. What the hell is this about? Well, come to find out they were cooking their books, and the big, I got caught up. I survived two, two layoffs and got caught up in the third one, and they laid me off. And prior to all that, every bad situation, that I came out of, I turned into a good situation. So I think that's very important for not only uh, blue collars, but just the, for the young people out there entering the workforce, just because you get thrust into a bad situation, try to find the light in it because there is light. It may just be, you know, a little tiny flicker but grab that flicker and turn it into something because it's it's there. I guarantee it. I promise every person out there, every bad situation has some light. And if you grab a hold of that and just just run with it and, and let it grow and, and feed it, you're going to come out on top every single time. And I'm living proof of that. So GE, you know, laid me off and I was like, well, shit, you know, what the hell am I going to do? That was that was pinnacle for me. And I went to package one industries and started, you know, oddly enough, started machining smaller parts for GE. And that led me to where I did that for a little bit. And that was kind of just like a stepping stone. Um, that led me to where I am today at specialty silicone products and into uh i'm a machinist there well i started out as a machinist and then i worked with some pretty badass uh pretty badass dudes like these dudes knew um one of them was phil wager um, and nate wager and they they actually own their own company now wager machine works and I got into a, a tool and die maker apprenticeship. And if, if you know machinists, like tool and die maker is, that's the tippy top. So I got into a four-year apprenticeship there, um, worked alongside with Nate Nate and uh, my current co-worker now, Pat Allen. And he's also a tool and die maker. So he kind of uh, took me under his wing as well. Completed that four-year apprenticeship a couple months ago, actually. And well, congratulations. Now I'm a, thank you, sir. And now I'm a full-fledged tool and die maker. But it was like what you and I were talking earlier. It's like you're always looking for that next door to kick in because you get bored. And now tool and die maker is like the tippy top of, of my class. So it's like, what the hell do you do now? I guess I got to invent something. <laughs> you know? Run the shop. So, yeah, run the shop. That's the next move, general manager, maybe. Yeah, uh, I, 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 man, you don't like to do I, that, I'm not. No, yeah, like I, I had my fill when I was, uh, you know, the foreman on the landscape team. I like working shoulder to shoulder with guys. I don't like barking orders at them. Yeah, I can understand that. Yeah. I can understand that. So backing up just half a step, because I, I think that there's something that people um, really miss. Like when you were talking about uh, looking for the light, I don't think anybody missed it, but I just want to highlight this. Um, I picture like you're going back to our primal theme. You're striking mm -hmm. 
that you just you found a striker or you found a rock that's sharp enough you found this thing that would throw a spark and you need heat to survive right and you're just one after next just striking 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 and then you finally get that tiny little ember and it's it's there it lands in your wad of you it, it lands in your tinder right and in your kindling yeah. for real and you're and you're just blow just real just blow on just giving it oxygen just giving it oxygen like you know that it's in it. there and you're just feeding it and right now especially i think it's super important with this this time of year it's uh christmas time we're coming right up we just had thanksgiving and the holidays man it's heavy in the world it's not a surprise to you uh like we were talking about pre-show but like it's just there's a lot going on right now um there's a lot of corrupt shit yeah. there's a lot of heavy shit and the holidays are just hard on people in general all the time right and for the for those people that might be i really like I know I drive this home every episode, but it's just because I care, man. I fucking care. Um, for the people that might be going through it, though, like, you got to understand that everything that is happening to you is an opportunity. Everything. Good, bad, ugly, beautiful, doesn't matter. Like, every ounce of that. Scamming goosebumps, man. Yeah. yeah. That's the truth, dude. Every bit of that is an opportunity. For real for you to redefine yourself or to forge yourself more, right? Like yep. when you were talking, dude, about like, find the light, find, I like, I literally, it's crazy where I sound when you were saying that, I, I was just picturing me being this Neanderthal, right? Just, just <laughs> blowing air into this, what seems hopeless wad of Tinder, just, Huffing and puffing, trying to blow your house down, you know, like three little piggy story. And just waiting. Because I know that on one of those huffs, whew, here comes the flame. It's going to explode. Yeah. Yep. And that one flame, it could change your life. It could be the next flip the page in your story. It could be any of that. So, <clears throat> Jason, one, thank you for saying that and sharing that with people because, God, that's so powerful. But two, if you're in the audience right now and you're listening to this if, and when, when you hear this, just know, like, don't stop blowing. Don't stop trying. Don't stop kicking on the door. Don't stop knocking. Don't stop running. Don't stop crawling. I don't care what you have to do. Don't stop. Yep. Cause I'll tell you something. Uh, oh, I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, please go. <clears throat> something that I tell my kids very often and um i think it i can't remember my dad telling it to me and i really i don't know where i got it from but i tell it to my kids often i don't care uh if you're if you're standing still you're not moving forward if you're walking backwards obviously you're going backwards i don't care if you're taking baby steps forward just move forward and I hope that hits home with them, you know, just. Well, look at the example they have to follow. Look at oh, the thanks. example. No, no, for real, man. Like, I appreciate that. Like that, that, that's the example you're putting out there in the world too. You know, that energy, like, believe it or not, I, be, I believe in God and I believe that everything happens for a reason personally, but like call it energy, call it the universe, whatever people like to label it these days, like 
what you put out is what you will get right and like that's for sure it's also that's also what you attract and i think people need to really consider that i mean we'll get into that when we get into q a discussion because we, we could go back and forth all day on this but um yeah i really want to commend you for taking the time to highlight that to people that you just you got you're gonna have a fight like it want it don't want it don't like it, it don't you're you're gonna have a fight it's coming um ready or not here we are right so especially in today's world folks you you got a dog fight coming and you're and the only each thing fight, you're gonna have is resolve each, and hope you know yeah and each fight you get into makes you more of a battle-tested warrior so you know take advantage of those situations you know you, you get knocked down even if it takes you a little bit to get back up reflect on that how did I get back up and what made me get back up and feed off of it? Mm -hmm. so. That, yeah. And that, I mean, and that reflects your story, right? From A to B to C to M back to B for a second. Now to essentially your Z, right? Like until you invent something and speaking of inventing something, <laughs> where does that bring us to? That brings up before I before I get into that, I just wanted to thank you for your service. Hey, I so, appreciate that, man. Thank I, you. I appreciate that. Thank um, you. That gets us to uh to holster gator. So uh it, man, we I we just fell on this. So I'm well versed in CAD design. That was part of school and I do it at work too. And that's uh drawing models on the computer with software. And my wife knew it, and uh, she were avid concealed carry um, pistol permit holders, avid gun owners, avid hunters. We love guns. We love the Second Amendment. We love the Constitution. Big so, heck yeah. <laughs> my wife works from home, and you know, shit started getting crazy in the world, especially during COVID, and she wanted to keep her pistol at her desk in her office. And I was like, all right, cool. You know, I'll buy you one of those magnet things you can stick your pistol to. And she was up for it. So I installed that underneath her desk and she kept it there a couple times. And I came home one day and she called me into the office. I said, what's up? She said, I knocked this goddamn thing off of the magnet again. And she was like, from the time it comes off the magnet to the time it hits the floor, it seems like an eternity. I'm waiting for that thing to hit the floor. And as you can imagine, nobody wants to drop a loaded gun. No. So she looks up at me with those wife eyes that <laughs> is a suggestion, but also a demand and it. says, do something. Yeah, fix it. And she said, do something about it. And I was like, well, shit, man, what am I going to do? You know, they don't sell anything else for like that. So I thought about it, and we came up with the Holster Gator. And what the Holster Gator does, it's a tool that uses – so this is a concealed carry uh, holster. Pistol goes in here. This is your belt clip that goes on your belt. 
and I know I realize that these they're they, yeah they are a bell clip but this is also a tool um, and it's an if at the time it was an underutilized tool so I designed the holster gator to the specific form of a lot of the belt clips that are out there in the industry and this one happens to be the DCC monoblock and this is sold by a company called discrete carry concepts very popular uh, it's popular for a reason because you know it's a very well made spring steel and what the holster gator does is it I don't know if you can see this maybe maybe not but in yep. here it captures the same design you know I'll put it against my my neck captures the same design of the the loops on the bell clips or or the arms and kind of just locks oh that was turned around so if you can see in there the belt clip slides right in into the slot and it holds your holster so i mean that thing is it's it doesn't lock in but the form is so fitting to each individual bell clip that you know i can push this thing if you have to get it right on its center line to get it on to get it on and off excuse me yeah no you're good and for our so, audience he's uh showing you get if you're watching this on youtube you can see that he's demonstrating uh, he's showing you his concealed carry and he's showing you the actual holster gear itself gator itself and how it works and if you're listening to this go ahead and yep. jump on our youtube and uh check it out um or you can go to holster gator social media and there's all sorts of stuff on there showcasing this uh and that's just holster gator yeah. on instagram uh, sorry about that i just yep. wanted to throw that out that for our guys that's okay so this device um yeah you can notice the screw holes in it so you can screw it into anywhere you want your vehicle underneath your desk table uh helicopter if you want to fly helicopters again um and we provide the uh the screws uh we also provide um 3m's vhb tape it's vhb stands for very high bond and this stuff is insane i don't know what the hell they make it out of but it is stronger than anything you can buy um, we provide the primer to clean the surface alcohol pads to prep the surface and there's a business card in there that will if you scan the qr code it'll send you to our website for video installation instructions and nice. as of today i think we have we cover all the major belt clips that are on the market um, you have ulti clip you have the foamy belt clip, uh, the DIY belt clip, DCC monoblock, um, talon restraint systems. Uh, if you have an alien gear holster, that um, the DCC monoblock will line right up to their holes. And if we don't carry it, just shoot me a message and I can design uh, a brand new holster gator. Uh, for your belt clip and I'll even give it to you for free just for helping us out as you know another product to our inventory oh that's so, cool that's really that's cool that so on the yeah. holster gator thing so you were you come home one day your wife gives you the fix it before I leave you uh, I <laughs> yeah. you know be a problem solver yeah. now 
not later. <laughs> and mm -hmm. uh, you get, you dive into that and then your machining background, I'm sure as you're looking at what the hell am I going to do? The stupid magnet won't hold it. Right. Like what the hell? Then yep. your machining background wheels just start turning. And for those of you that are unaware, when he spoke about CAD, um, it's a very advanced computer system that if any of you guys are into like 3D printing and different stuff like that, I'd suggest that you learn it so that you could really understand that. But it's a, a an exponential, like in a layman's terms, essentially, it's a design program that you can put together, map out something, and then transfer that to a machine and it cuts it to to specification right. and shows 3d renderings and all sorts of shit. And uh, it's been pretty cool to see. I, I, my dad grew up doing granite and like, so I remember when CNC's came and it was super confusing, like programming from cutting on a table saw <laughs> with a radial for to yeah. now the machine just does it. It's, it's mm -hmm. wild. Wild, wild, wild. Anyway, I'll it's digress. Um, so you, you take your background because this is there's somewhere I want to go with this, right? And this is super important, especially for our audience. So as Jason already shared, he went through the ladder of climbing and trying to find his way. And then ultimately, ironically, he ends on his his lineage of machinery, of <laughs> a machinist, excuse me, not machinery, but being a machinist. And um, not only does he do that, but as he progresses through that he gets another opportunity right okay barbarians pay attention here he gets has another opportunity it takes a step back going back to apprenticeship essentially but to yep. take himself to the next level right the next step then he gets into tooling which then gave you the opportunity because you're being modest here and humbling and humble and i appreciate that but let's talk about the little hardcore you take your background and all the experience you have in doing all this shit and now your wheels are spending on okay well i can there's all these different little products out there but this is missing this is flat out right. missing from the market space <clears throat> and he's talking about his own product from an owner standpoint of not trying to sell because he's being polite but what he what they're offering you with this system folks is an opportunity for those of you that that want to feel safe in any environment any place any condition an opportunity to essentially take your concealed carry holster and or even your outer waistband right you could do you could take your regular yeah you can in, in certain formats as long as it has a bell clip yep so anything that's got a clip essentially of any of your right. holster configurations for all you nerds that have five different ones or gear junkies like we are you could literally take it, you could stick it to your wall, you could stick it to your desk, you could stick it in your car, you could stick it on your dirt bike, I mean, your boat, your four-wheeler, your camper, you name it. You could put it there. <laughs> anywhere. Anywhere, yeah. you know, if your wife wants one above, yeah. above the awning in the backyard somewhere, it's there. And it's actually a really cool thing. And where, where I want to parlay here, before moving on on to the next topics where we kind of get into some q a stuff um uh one thing as you've done with this what what's been kind of cool and this is a i just for clarification here has it been pretty rewarding to kind of see how you've been able to take something you found you were missing apply like your background and then all that bullshit you went through to get to where you are today and then be able to apply it and then take something that you already are interested in being machinist stuff and creating things and 
that's part of it. If you guys don't know what machinists are, they're nerds when it comes to building shit. They just figure out how to make shit. Yes, we are. <laughs> put it together and then it's out there. And, and I say that respectfully, yep. right? Because I am not that guy. I, yeah. I, I have all these creative ideas, but I tell it to people like you that make it real for me, right? Like, mm -hmm. so what you do is you take all that shit and you put it together and now you're able to find a niche in something else that meaningful and turn it into a business. And not only yeah, do you turn it, it was... into a business that you can provide, <laughs> but now you're filling a gap in an industry. Has it been pretty rewarding um, to be able to see your, like your product go out there and like fill a hole? Like what's that been like? Dude, it's, it's fucking surreal. It, it really is. It, sometimes I, I still don't really, I try to keep myself grounded as much as possible, sure. but you know, when, when somebody looks at, looks at us or looks at me and says, wait a minute, you have, you have a patent. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's, you know, we're, we're patent pending, but you know, it's going to turn into when they're like, holy shit, you know? So it's, it's pretty surreal. And, you know, from something, something that started out in coming out of my wife's mouth to in here to I'm holding it in my hand now and I sell hundreds of thousands of these things. I don't know, man. I feel like I'm dreaming sometimes. You know, we, we took something that my wife had and then my brother-in-law saw and goes, what the hell is that? And I said, oh, that's the, uh, holster gator <laughs> you know and he's like i want one so i give him one and then his friend wants one and then you know steph steph and i are talking i'm like oh, do we have something here like what the heck is this oh heck yeah and and now we we supply holster uh, manufacturers and you know shooting supply companies from hobbyist holster makers all the way to some of the biggest companies in america so it's like I'm on cloud nine, man. You should be. So like, as you were saying, as you were saying ahead. before, it's like all the bullshit, you know, I look back all the bullshit that I went through to get myself to a point where I have a fucking patent, you know, or I'm, I'm getting, I'm going to get a patent. It, it means nothing. Now those were all just, they were training me for this, for this, you know, yeah, literally. Back then, I, I was like, this sucks. <laughs> so it went from in the moment, like, this sucks, to looking back now going, those that was just training. So, yeah, so what it, so that fight, that proverbial fight that we were talking about earlier, you're literally round for round. And then, yeah, get, you might have got punched in the face 25 times, but. When you landed, you landed it. That when that jab came or that left hook, I mean, that was that south paw. And, and for you, I mean, congratulations, one, because it's it's cool from it's it's cool from a consumer standpoint to um, a little bit of background. I'm sure you've seen like I do a lot of photography stuff and I've done a lot of different photography stuff mm -hmm. for like the outdoor industry and different facets of and I and I was able to take like something I just enjoy taking pictures and then try to create an emotion with an item, right? Is kind of my thing. Like how can I take something and figure out how to make it emotional in a paused, like hit pause and then take your cell phone. Yeah, and sure. how do you make it cool at, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, that's what I like to play with. But so like, 
it's cool from that standpoint, the creative, I guess, side of it to see somebody create something, come up with something, bring it to market. And then very fast, just because I remember, uh, you know, uh, I'm partners in the media company that built your logo. So, um, well, I am now. Oh, no shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So nice. I remember when I was getting rough draft of your logo sent to me, like, hey, what do you think? And I'm doing this for this. And I was like, what the hell is, is that? To like, <laughs> now everybody that I follow for my firearm photography stuff has one. You know what I mean? Like everybody's got nice. yeah. one. Like you were saying, half the manufacturers are sell it on their website with their logo blasted on it. Hell, I got one that says that's yeah. got my barbarian on it sitting in a box. We're gonna give one away actually uh, at the end of the <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, but yeah, what a what a dream! And, and you know what's even cooler, man, is you get to know you're keeping people safe. Yeah, for sure. You're a part of somebody's yep. safety net. You know, yep. in a small way, you're a part of somebody's safety net now. And I can't imagine just how incredibly satisfying that is, too. Um, yeah. to, to our Just for our audience's sake here, because on that, right? So small business owner that, you know, not in an offensive way, but like you're scaling, right? And yeah, you're blown up and oh, you're yeah, selling yeah. lots of shit. But like as a going from small business to building and, and scaling a business um what's something like consumers should be mindful of like we kind of when i say this like it's really easy to hear about a product get excited and then think like especially in this case right we get to have a real conversation with the owner right i'm not talking to your social media influencer about like what they're using and what they recommend and do, 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 do. no i'm talking to the guy that <laughs> that fucking served burgers and fries to get here to build this <laughs> for you at one point in time you know that raked bark dust yep. and, and fucked around on a dance yep. on a skid steer and and then got bored with that went to ge and ran overhead cranes and did different shit and then now literally like i could tell you like hey we should we should make a 3d barbarian cup holder and you'd be like i can do that you know because that's what you told do me to do but yeah exactly uh to <laughs> now do it to like your wife looking at you like if this thing falls on the floor and scares me one more time you know it's over to now like literally getting <laughs> to lay your head down at night and be like people are safe the world is safer because of something i my hands built and my mind and my machining background what's something like you guys got to understand like when you go from that to like building an item and it takes off like lead times come in what what's something that consumers could just be more mindful of you know being patient with some of these companies that are like you that are growing well you know just understand that you know i have a family <clears throat> i have yeah. three three teenagers a wife two dogs two cats I still work 40 hours a week outside of Holster Gator. Um, I love to hunt. I love to go hunting with my family. My entire family hunts except the exception of uh, one of my daughters. I love to fish, you know. <laughs> I'm human and we have lives. You know, we usually don't have lead times and that's something that I do pride myself on. 
But like, I'm not this huge company that can just bark orders at the, you know, 500 employees that I have. It's you're, you're looking at them. Yeah. Um, my wife does our, our books. I do the marketing, which I suck at, you know, you're creative with, with pictures. I, I, if I take a picture, it'll be the plainest damn thing you've ever seen in your life. You don't even want to look at it for two seconds. So it's, it's tough. It's tough juggling it all. But if you, you know, rally your family behind a passion and you help them see the passion and, you know, we carry each other. So just understand that. We're a family. Yeah. We're a family here. And, yeah, and, and when you become a customer, and we're growing. And when you become a customer of ours, you know, welcome to the family. You know, that's the one thing that I pride myself the most on is every single one of our customers, with the exception of one, um, they always say, you make me feel like family. So that's a, uh, that's a pride thing right there. I answer oh. my customers back as, as soon as I can. Yeah, that's and that's attention to detail. So let's get into the weeds a little bit here, man. Uh, this, As we talked about a little bit, again, pre-show, but uh, the show's about providing value. And although I think your story is incredibly valuable and you've shared golden nuggets throughout this thing, let's, <laughs> let's, uh, let's talk about some shit here, right? Because... Let's get in. Let's. I'll just jump right in on this because there's a lot of people that are hobbyists, right. hobbyist passionate people. Uh, I talked about me with photography, right? And uh, there's other things I'm interested in. But what I really want our audience to understand is that you have 40 hours that you're giving to somebody else, and you have all these ideas spin around in your head. A lot of you listening to do, or you know somebody else, but you don't act on anything. And really, what you should be doing is searching for your own independence. Like you shouldn't be relying on somebody else to know where that food or that check or whatnot is going to come from. And and not that you're doing anything wrong if you're working a job, but let's talk about like, you know, scaling a business here. So, and even backing up a, a step back from that, like in today's world, man, what you got any advice for people that are like looking at starting a business and don't give me, I'm just going to say this. So this is, this is maybe a shot across the bat. Some of these hunting influencers that, or influences out there, you know, like you just got to chase your dream and go for it. You know, like, yeah, yeah, it says the dude making $25 an hour that you could walk back to that job anytime you want. But for the guys making money in the thirties, forties, fifties an hour, even, and, and more, uh, it's not very feasible. We got a wife and kids to just risk it all right. and go film YouTube videos. So what's starting a business what advice you have to somebody like trying to look at starting a business um, well, first world. off, the, the people that say, you know, just go for it, you know, I'm not knocking them at all, but those people have already made it. So yeah. it, you know, it's easy. It's easy to say that when you get to that point, but even them, <clears throat> excuse me, there was a point where they were, look, you know, their idea was swirling around their head and it was giving them stomach cramps and it was keeping them awake at night. And that's called fear. Yeah. And what the difference is between somebody who lives in fear and runs from it and the difference between somebody who lives and sees fear and uses that fear to 
to drive them forward. That is what they transformed themselves into. They took that fear and they used it. And whatever, you know, means that they they found work best for them. Every every single person is different. Um, I had my own fears, and I, I just, you grapple with those fears. If you want to cry about it, shed a few tears about it. If you want to go and it makes you sick to your stomach, go throw up. If you want to, you know, sit down and rock back and forth in fetal position, do that. Mm-hmm. But get the fuck back up and and use that use that fear and use that fear to propel you forward. And when you do that, you you not only start to see that I, I had nothing to fear in the first place, but along that the path to get to that point to where you realize there was nothing to fear in the first place, you're building your confidence, you're building your self-esteem, and you're building this huge network and to the point where you can sit down and say, I fucking did this. So, yeah. so no, that's, to those people out there that are just in their garage, you know, even, I'm going to correlate it to the, the holster makers, the hobbyist holster makers that we provide our product to. These guys are, are busting their ass in their in their garage. You know, that's this is making one of these is not easy work. It is ball busting work. They're working with hot things in a hot ass garage, drilling holes and making mistakes and scrapping material and but they're doing it and they don't stop and each you can most people say and i was one of these people oh it's a holster this is not just a holster this holster comes from lindall holsters jonathan lindall's owner we have holsters that are made by every single company that we supply our product to and each one of them i can point out a difference in and that difference is whatever they're they're forms of art and no two artists are the same and yeah you have shitty holster makers out there but we don't align ourselves with those people and uh they're following their passion and their passion they put into their product so even if it's something that is a hobby to you and you see, you know, 50 people out there doing it. Nobody's going to do it like you. So don't sit there and make the excuses. You know, well, there's there's 50 other companies doing it. I don't want to hear that shit. Nobody, Jonathan's not. There isn't a company that you run that does it. So pour your heart into it and stop belly aching about it and get out there and do it. No, that's, that's real shit, dude. That's real shit. I mean, and, and that's great advice to... I want to piggyback off that a little bit and say, if you're, if you're starting a company, like don't do it because you think it will be cool. Like don't do it because it, it sounds fun. Don't do it because some guy on the internet is driving a Lambo or something on his Instagram stories and says, jump in and do it. Don't do it because you think it's going to get you time to hunt more or no, no, like do it because you want to build something with your hands because you want to yeah. leave your mark in the world, right? Like do it because you, right. you want a legacy or you want to provide a service. You want to help. 
I'm going to use the pod, this podcast or this in the network, right. As a parlay for my audience. Like I'm not building this platform and this podcast today because tomorrow it will make me cool. I'm building this platform and this podcast and this network today because tomorrow it will help you and tomorrow to, and in the future, that might benefit me. Sure. Like I'm not naive to what it could be or what the reward could be. There's risk too, but I'm not naive to the reward risk reward assessment in this. However, what I care the most about is the impact that this could have on the world around me, the impact that this could have to our brothers and our sisters that are out there dragging their knuckles through the mud every day, wondering what's next, needing to hear from somebody that's, a step ahead of them or even next to them or maybe even a step behind them just needing to hear that they're not alone in this fucking echo chamber of thought that they have that says that there's more and that you can do more and that I should want to do this. So like not to steal your thunder because dude, you said it beautifully, but like if you want to build a company like, and I, dude, I'm behind you right now. I'm behind you in this, but I'll fucking die on this hill because it means something. You know what I mean? There's nothing. Gave me goosebumps again. (laughs) Hell yeah. I'll take it. There's nothing fun about, there's nothing fun about sitting in the corner of my garage on a stool when my back hurts because I just got beat the hell up for the first eight hours of my day in a skid steer and and having a conversation, screwing up somebody's last name three minutes into your episode because you, why? You don't even know why because you can't read. You have a lapse in read whatever it is right there's nothing fun about that i mean sure you get to laugh at the moment but it's embarrassing on special how did i do that like right but there's not anything fun about having to go and figure out who i'm going to talk to next or how can i make this message more that that stuff's not the fun part the fun part is when i get a message from somebody saying dude i was gonna quit or i was thinking about this and this helped me or I was listening to this in my earbuds while I was working and a light bulb went off and now I'm doing this or even better is all the fuckers that are watching that don't say shit, that don't comment, that don't like, that don't say, but go and do. And I, I know in some small way, because I see, I see you take the methods, which by the way, like you said, there's only one of me doing me, right? I see the, my methods start to go through other people. Uh, funny story, some of the marketing schemes you see that you see today, and I got to be careful about this, but it's not an ego thing at all. But some of those marketing strategies <laughs> that you see from people where they're piggybacking off of like there's, say, five different companies all aligned and they all support each other. And I'll leave names out of it, but I'm, I'm sure some come to mind, right? They all do stuff together and then they all partner for giveaway stuff and they're all promoting each other and Google. <clears throat> Who do you think started that 2018? I'm just going to say, yep. I, I built a company out there one time that linked a bunch of different companies and created circles where you work on things. And then all of a sudden now it's a marketing strategy that's out there. And I'm not going to say I'm the only one that did it. That's not, this is not, I'll digress on that. But I'm just saying like, it's funny to see these circles and these trends and patterns come up because you took a shot. And that thing that I'm talking about didn't even work out for me. It didn't even work out for me. That old thing, it didn't. I learned some lessons. Like you said, I got some mud on my face. I 
whatever that was kong valley collective for those people who are wondering like it just didn't work it didn't work i i tried to go too big too fast with it and i ended up it ended up biting me in the ass and I, but i learned a lot of lessons from that and so it's when you say like when we're talking about specifically building businesses uh, and this is my next question to you i'm gonna this will lead right into that it is um just quite frankly you gotta have the balls to just try Failure just is try. feedback. Failure is feedback. Yep. And if you can learn to Jesus accept, Christ, man, yeah. If you can learn to accept ah. feedback in whatever <laughs> form it's given to you, make an adjustment and keep going. Like, dude, the difference between your story where you have holster gator and the difference between your story and you don't is the little bitch that stays in the mud crying because it got too hard and I couldn't do yep. it. I gave up like that. The difference of the story is like when I slipped and fell off the ladder, I just sat there and stared at it and I'm still just sitting there and staring at it. That, that, these companies, these people that you guys look up to and these influencers, they did the same thing. The only difference is when they fell off the ladder, they got back up, started climbing back up the damn ladder again. Literally where I'm going with this is any single one of you guys in our audience are capable. Any one of you. Are capable and that's why i'm picking and i'm picking the brains of people and men like you and and women like megan that was i don't know if you listened to that episode but it just as a freaking young savage just a young go-getter goes my life is in shambles and i'm gonna run a triathlon a, a half iron man and i'm signing Jeez. up for it two and a half months before the event starts and i've <clears> never done one i've never rode a bike that far i've never done it i don't even have a bike and should i'm just gonna do it and finish his top three first in her age and anyway i'll digress you guys can listen to that the episode with megan spooner on that one specifically but that's why i'm picking your guys's brains because like you are just as human as me megan is just as human as you I, we're all just people every one of our guests that we've had so far we're all just people that refuse to fucking quit that refuse to yep. accept mediocrity because that's a fucking disease and it's a virus that spread is this mediocre bullshit. Like you were created for greatness and I refuse. Like, look at you. If you would have at any time in your life tapped, people would be less safe in this world. But because you chose to pursue, I hope that gave you goosebumps because that's some real shit right there. <laughs> that's some real yeah. shit, dude. Because you chose yeah. to be a gladiator in the arena and just not give up on anything, on chasing more, whatever that was, on finding what the hell you're supposed to do, what can I do to, to do more in the world and provide more for my family. Let's be real, there's an aspect of pursuing money in this too, right, where, where people, how can I provide better? Because you didn't quit when it got muddy, when it got tired, when it got heavy, when you, you didn't quit. The world is literally safer in this case, in this conversation. Mm -hmm. And so to our people yeah, out there who are trying to start a business, don't fucking quit. Flat out. Do ah, not man. quit. Right? Dive right in, man, like it's a pool full of pudding. Yeah. And if you hit the bottom, come back up to the top, get a bottle of air, go back That's in. It. I mean, shit hey. happens. So I'll move on to no. this, uh, on the time thing here. Uh, on and I before I get into some questions, I do want to ask you one more thing about building a business here because you're at that scaling part. So for that guy that for those for those of us 
that are already in, like we found our hobby and now we've parlayed it into taking it. How do you know when to like, and you're still doing the full-time thing. So maybe you don't, I mean, I'm sure you have an answer for me, but how do you know when to scale from, okay, hobbyist to like, this is it, you know, like I'm going to full, no net. I'm operating without a net. I'm going for it. Right. Yeah. So when, uh, that came pretty dang quick for us. Um, I had one 3D printer and I was making them. I was keeping it up with the friends and, and stuff like that. And then we got, by just so happened, the universe handed us Eclipse holsters and they are one of the biggest holster makers in the country and Jessica, the this owner over there makes incredible. Holsters, she just, by the way, super rad. Yeah. Yeah. For real. And, and they're great, great people. She didn't know us. She didn't have to take me under her wing. And that's the kind of people you want to align yourself with just good, wholesome, hardworking Americans that have ethics and morals. But anyways, took us under their wing, loved the product. And when it came to the point where Jess was like, you know, I, I, I think we want to uh, start selling these. Steph and I looked at each other and we're like, fuck. Like, <laughs> so I don't know when the point, when the exact point came to when we had to scale up, but it was kind of difficult. It was financially taxing on our family. Thankfully, uh, we had resources to, to reach out to. My dad um, lended us some money to get that going. And if he didn't, I'd, I'd, I would have just busted my ass even harder. Um, but thankfully, he did. And we were able to scale up. And... Uh, so in saying that, you don't need somebody to give you help, but don't discount it sure. either. If some if somebody's asked a friend, a family member, if somebody's asking you for help, you know, check your pride at the door and and welcome it with open arms because those people will you know, they'll, they'll be your safety net and they will help you scale and take advantage of it because they will benefit from, you know, the help that they provide. Sure. I don't know if that makes sense. I did. I didn't articulate that very well, but, uh, Oh, the hell you did it. That makes complete sense. Yeah. Complete just don't, sense. don't discount help. Cause I, I, I'm stubborn. I am one stubborn bastard. And when I never ask for help, and people offer help and actually my coworker Pat um Pat Allen he kind of hammered this into me a couple of years ago he said you know the people are asking you they're not being polite by offering help they're asking you if you need help because they want to fucking help you so accept the help <laughs> and I was like a light bulb went off in my head I was like you know what yeah all right I don't have to do this all alone. No. And you know, if I had, 
if I had to do it all alone, it would just make it harder for me. But you know what? If I smell a challenge, I eat. So, ah, hey, on that that note right there, I'm a shark, bud. There's blood in the water. Yeah. Get the fuck out of my way. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> the world eats the weak. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. no, that's incredible advice, man. Incredible. Well, listen, we're going to wrap up this portion of the show. We're going to have you back on to talk questions because um, I got some questions for you. So we're going to get into that. But before we get into the question aspect of the show, man, I just want to take my – take a second and tell you thank you so much for coming on today and sharing uh the story of holster gator with us and um thank you for supporting this podcast from jump it legitimately would not be possible for me to do this or to offer our uh to offer our community anything without support from people like you taking risks on guys like me and and so from the entire team here dude i just want to thank you and your stories your story is incredible i really hope people go ahead and rewind this listen back like there's nuggets throughout this whole thing and the story of is resilience i mean it's i think the title of this episode is probably going to be manufacturing resilience right like because that's cool. that is what you have done in this so jason again dude thank you so much for coming on today um i just do thank welcome, you Jonathan. this has been awesome and um I let appreciate me uh, all your knowledge let me but, leave you with a quote, and this is from uh, a Greek soldier named Aeschylus. From a, from a small seed, a mighty trunk may grow. And I have that tea bag hanging on my uh, machinist toolbox at work, and I look at it every freaking day. One more so, time. From a small seed, a mighty tree may grow. A mighty there, trunk. Folks. From a small seed, a mighty trunk may grow. You heard it there, so. folks. Jason said it best. You just got to water that seed to get it to grow. So That's right. thank you again, brother. And we'll see you here real shortly.